All right. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. Another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is upon us. Scott Strandy from uh, a little dusty and warm Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always Zach Bondurant, joining me from probably dusty and windy and warm Chandler as well. But Zach, how are you tonight? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing wonderful. Uh, as long as I'm inside, we set uh, what day number forty-one now of one hundred and ten plus uh, for this summer. So it's uh, it's been a warm one, but uh, we survive it. We continue moving on and. We got hockey in the summertime, so you know what's there to complain about, right? Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, as far as everything can be, it's pretty good. So, okay, so we talk professional hockey on this show. Um, as people have been following us along, we know that we love bringing uh, Steve Potvin on with us because he's the assistant coach for the Tucson Roadrunners, but also has a uh, lot of experience with the Arizona Coyotes, being their uh, player development guy for uh, for a few years and also uh, you know very familiar with the players that are playing for the Coyotes right now. So in just a few minutes, we'll have Steve join us and we'll uh, do our normal chat on that. But Zach, before we get there, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in the playoffs and just uh, give me your overall view of what you've seen since the last week, talk last week. Um, I mean, it, it looks like the, the front runners are, are starting to kind of put themselves out front. Um, I mean, I think the big surprise is how Boston is playing against Carolina, at least for me. Um, and actually how Montreal is playing against Philadelphia. They played them, uh, pretty tough and they're not going away without a fight. And, uh, Tuka Rosk has decided to just step away from the, the bubble and, not compete in the playoffs. So kind of some odd stuff going on. But um, as far as play goes, I think it's been playoff caliber hockey, and uh, it's very entertaining. Okay, so we got through the first week, uh, round one, um, you know, once you got through the qualifier rounds, I should say. So uh, the guys have been in the bubble now for three weeks, and my curiosity has has peaked. Um, I'm wondering what happens down the stretch, Zach. Do you think they uh, – they start to get some cabin fever. Do you think they just are uh, so professional that the cup is all that matters and they're after that? Um, do you think there's a mixed bag? Um, I think the the veteran players are going to start getting a little cabin fever. Um, the uh, For the simple fact of most of the time, those guys have families that, you know, at least if it's regular playoffs, they get to go home and play uh, a couple home games during the playoff series. So, uh, I, I would, I would say it's mostly going to be the veteran guys that are starting to get a little cabin fever, the younger guys. Um, I, I think it's going to favor younger teams. The fact that they're stuck in a spot in one spot. Um, and you know, they're, they're there to play hockey. That's really all they know. They don't really have wives, kids, you know, they're, they're just there to play hockey. So, uh, we'll see. Um, I'm wondering if that was something that Tuka Rosk was battling with. We all know goalies are kind of half a bubble off anyway, but um, if that's the case, then if that's the case, then, you know, go for it. Like that's, that's, that's something to be discussed with you and your team. I don't necessarily know um, if what I would do in this situation. So I don't know that I can dog on him, but um, yeah, I, I think it's the veteran guys that are going to start getting a little bit cabin fever. 
Well, I can tell you one thing. Boston hasn't missed a beat without him. Uh, they just continue to roll on as I have that game on in front of me right now, and they have a 4-2 lead over Carolina. Uh, when I look in the East, the thing that really uh, impresses me, in addition, well, every series has got something, right? I mean, the Islanders up on Washington, 3-0. Um, uh, Philadelphia yeah. and Montreal battling it out. Uh, Boston, like I said, with Carolina. And what can you say about Tampa Bay and Columbus? I mean, they just go at each other <laughs> period after period after period. So uh, nothing surprising me in the East, really, because I expected that kind of a battle. Uh, in the Western Conference, though, a little different, right? I mean, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights had a chance to uh, be the first team to earn a sweep in the, in the 2020 playoffs. And, uh, and came up a little short thanks to uh, an effort from Corey Crawford that was exceptional. So your thoughts on Vegas right now, up 3-1 in Chicago. I'm looking to close it out tomorrow. Um, man, I think they're going to have uh, – I think the Blackhawks are going to be hard-pressed to extend it another game. Uh, I think Chicago or uh, the Vegas sees blood in the water, and they're going to strike, get the rest, um, let everyone else – battle it out, get the rest, recoup, get some sleep, and get ready for the second round. So um, anything can happen, but I don't see that that series going past tomorrow night. Okay, and then uh, Calgary-Dallas tied at 2-2 in the most improbable way. I mean, Calgary jumped out on top, but once you lose a guy like Matthew Kachuk, you can see just how valuable he is to that Calgary Flames roster, and Dallas has gotten themselves back in and tied it up. Your thoughts on that series? Um, it's, it's, I think it's playing out the way I thought it would. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I had them going seven games. Those are two, um, I think different style of teams, but they're talented in each of the styles that they play, uh, respectively. So, um, I, that one is going about the same way as I thought it would. The one that's probably surprising me the most is, is, uh, or uh, that I'm bummed out about the most is probably Tampa Bay and Columbus. I was really hoping Columbus was going to give them uh, a good tussle for, uh, for the next round, but you never know. There's, they can jump back in it and stranger things have happened. All right. And then uh, in the West as well, Vancouver and St. Louis playing uh, in just a little bit, they're going to get started. And uh, man, St. Louis, uh, I've heard quotes from so many different people. A lot of our hosts are saying the same thing as, They'd never seen such an uninterested team in playing in the playoffs in the uh, St. Louis Blues. Your thoughts on the Blues in Vancouver? Um, I haven't had a chance to see them play live, um, but I, I mean, man, if you look at it, it's kind of the situation we were talking about just earlier. The veterans and the younger teams. Vancouver is a pretty young team, and and you know, it's maybe St. Louis is getting a little bit of that cabin fever, and they're kind of. Uh, him and Han just through, and they're missing a beat, and Vancouver could pounce on them. So that, I would like to see that. I'd like to see uh, some new blood in the next round, so I think that would be interesting. Okay, we're going to talk uh, Arizona-Calgary in just a minute, but we're going to take a couple-minute break here and hear from some of our partners, and then we're going to come back and introduce our uh, our guest, who's not really a guest anymore. He's just part of the show. We're going to bring Steve <laughs> Potvin on in about three minutes. Any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. 
Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your product with M-Drive. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your Summer Skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, we're back. Uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy live from Scottsdale, Arizona. Zach Bondaran, my co-host, joining me from Chandler, Arizona. And I, I said our guest is not really a guest because we keep bringing him on, but we're not going to break up a good thing as long as uh, he keeps doing his thing and, and getting the uh, the Arizona Coyotes continuing to move on in the playoffs. Steve Prothman is going to be with us. So uh, the assistant coach of the Tucson Roadrunners is on with us now, and Steve, Scott, and Zach with you again. Welcome back to familiar territory. Uh, thanks, boys. Uh, I, I wish it was under different circumstances, but uh, like you said earlier on a text, uh, we just love talking hockey, so I, I appreciate being back on the show. We do, and uh, I'll be honest with you, Steve, I'm running out of shirts. I keep uh, changing shirts <laughs> to try to find the right answer. I know you're probably getting tired of going out to the trash, 
um, superstitions are there. We're trying everything we can, but um, we'll talk about this game today in just a little bit. But overall, how do you think the uh, the Coyotes have matched up with with Colorado? I mean, I, I said coming in, Steve, I thought Colorado and Vegas might be the cream of the crop in the West. Not to take away from anybody else, but my goodness, that speed, that talent, that precise passing. I mean, where do you stop? Yeah, I, I honestly, it's being in the playoffs first time in, in I think what was it nine years. It's it's a learning experience for us. We're you know by by no means do you walk into the playoffs the first time in, in such a long time and, and just show up and, and uh, you win. You know that's very odd that it happens. I mean, you know, like Zach said, stranger things have happened, and, and definitely we never want to count ourselves out. Next game we win, you know, it, it is hard to close out a series. So you know, you never want to be uh, – you, you always want to remain optimistic and you want to keep pushing forward. So you, you never – you know, you come to the next game and uh, we put our best foot forward, we, we, we've got a chance at it again. But, yeah, it just really makes you aware of how good you have to be. And, you know, this – the Avalanche, they've been in the playoffs for the last couple of years and they're still not – uh, 100% shoe in every year to make the playoffs. And that just shows like how, how much parity there is in the league. And it just shows you what it takes to win. And, you know, you really have to have that depth and the strength and the size and a good balance through the, through the lineup. So it's, uh, you know, however we go from here, it's definitely a learning curve for the guys that are going to be with us for, for years to come. Yeah. So it Hi, first of all, how you doing, Steve? Good to have you back on the show again. Um, yeah, so how do you think the Coyotes bounce back after today? What what, what are uh, the changes you foresee um, happening for next game, whether it's changing net, shake up the lineup? What do you think would be a, a good solution? Yeah, I definitely don't think uh, a change in net would be the right play. You know, he's been our catalyst back there, and he's the reason why we're in this situation uh, in, you know, being able to play in the playoffs. So uh, I think you got to go back with him 100%. You go back with Kemper and, and maybe you make some line changes just to kind of freshen it up, kind of feel like you might have the answer to to a new, uh, you know, fresh blood, new system, new love, and, uh, and, and bring out some new energy. But, uh, you know, if I, I think you, you just, you, you have to start playing a little bit faster, try to close and eliminate time and, and space from these guys. And that's an easier said uh, than done task uh, you know like you said Scott they're fast they're strong uh, they possess the puck really well but we got to get back into their faces and and you know we, we, we don't have we have a few hours to let that game go and and then you just you got to rebuild and you got to build the confidence and get the energy back into your veins as quickly as possible and you know you, you have to start with that depth of belief and if you don't have that depth of belief then it just it's just going to keep snowballing so Come back with the depth of belief, bring back some energy, find a way to, to close time and space really quickly on these guys, get back into their face, and, you know, shoot pucks on the net. Again, we were at 15 shots, so that's that's obviously an issue. But I really feel if you close quick, you transition quick, you'll, you'll have some chances to uh, to get pucks to the net. And, and we've shown that we can do it. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. You just got to forget about it, you know, as painful as it is try to gain, regain the energy and bring the confidence back. Steve, can you give us a little uh, insight into what Rick Tockett's going through? I mean, you know what Talk was like as a player. You've seen him as a coach now. Um, 
it, it, I don't want to say he carries everything with him, but he, he's an emotional guy, right? I mean, he you can see it on his face uh, when his guys don't give him the effort. He's uh, he's wearing it. So how is he dealing with this, do you think? Yeah, good point. He, he definitely, you know, listening to his comments after the game, I mean, he, you know, he saw some things that he didn't like. I'm, I'm sure there was more than a couple things he didn't like. And you're right, he, he carries it on his sleeve and he cares. He really is a, a caring human being to the depth of him. He, he he wants it. He cares for the guys. And and there's there's some depth to his soul. So he wants he wants nothing more than to to win with these guys and, and keep moving forward. So uh, the way he deals with it is, you know, he's got to come in there and, hey, I got it, boys. This is what we got to do, you know, and then just steer it that way. And, and just they have to believe that the answers that he gives are, are, the, are the right ones. And you know what? When they when he comes in with that that type of emotional attitude, it just kind of carries on to the other guys. So, yeah, I think he comes in and he's, hey, I got the answer. This is all we got to do. This is what we got to do. You know, you focus on that one thing that he thinks is, is the is the right way to go. And, you know, the boys just kind of jump on the wagon and and uh, and, and start to, to push and pull together. Yeah, and the game before, the Coyotes, I believe they scored four, um, and the Avs switched up. They went with Franzus. And we had talked about on the previous podcast, um, you know, the it seems the Coyotes have played um, – really strong with Francis and net they've they went to overtime the first time the avalanche played them and then um the coyotes shut him out three to two um and he said last time it's more preparing for the team um you do you think that they had more confidence going into to last game because they saw okay we we know how to figure this guy out we've played him before um from the perspective of Francis and net for the avalanche yeah, good point. I mean, that that does happen, and that is a thing. You know, most a lot of teams have success against certain goalies, or certain teams they just you know they have certain they have success, and it just it helps them mentally get into a game. And then you know, on the other hand, it just you play against a goalie that's hot, or you just don't have the same success. It can get in your head the same way. So, yeah, I, I think that that you know gave some confidence to the guys. I think there's you know that's it's probably. Not that big a deal, but I think it, it, it is a contributing factor. And then, you know, there might have been just a little bit of, hey, what the heck is going on here? You guys have won the first two games and you guys are playing your, you know, quote-unquote backup goalie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that could probably add some fuel to the fire, right? I think they could probably take that and, and you know, add that motivation, added motivation to it. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, it, it could have definitely played. Uh, you know, a factor and, and who knows really what happened. I mean, you know, we don't know the insides of the avalanche locker room. I mean, he may have not been feeling well and they decided, Hey, let's, let's go with, with, uh, with our second option. And, you know, it, it, we, we just don't know really what happened. So uh, whatever it was, we were happy to get the win. Hopefully, hopefully they have a, you know, a, a change of heart again. Maybe we go, we go back and, regain that confidence we had you know but so yeah, it, it, it could have been a contributing factor for sure steve when we look at the series as a whole right i mean it, it's got the ebbs and flows of a of a real playoff hockey series right the coyotes came out the first game and i think doc said that they uh he felt like they were very timid and were kind of just uh i don't want to say in awe but we're just kind of watching 
instead of pressuring uh, Colorado. And then game two, they seemed to play their game, and I thought it was a game they should have won. Um, and, and then they play game three, and it's a game where they kind of get outplayed, but they, they get the bounces or, or do whatever they have to do to get the win. And then today it was like, uh, man, they were back to game one again. Is, is there any rhyme or reason to how, how a playoff series goes? I mean, you've seen them. You've been in them. Um, what goes through the mentality of a player in seven games? Honestly, I, it's it's funny you say that. The first game we 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 did look like we were playing. We you know the eighties, the Oilers eighties. You know it looked like we were just giving them too much time. And, we <laughs> and and then finally we said, you know what? I, I loved what Taylor Hall said. He's like the best way to, to show respect is to work hard against a respectful opponent. So they went out and they worked and they competed and they made them earn it. And that game, you're right, we should have won it. But then it, it, it's almost like it took two games to win their first game. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they respected them too much Absolutely. the first game. Yep. Right. And then, and then the, it, they kind of got rewarded two games later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. With the yeah. win. And, and they didn't really deserve it. So then today was kind of like it coming back. Like you can't rely on your goalie and, and expect to win like, you know, consistently. So I think it just kind of the hockey gods were weren't on their side, you know, the, tonight because they they really didn't they didn't deserve it the night before and they came up with the play the the, the, the points and tonight it just it was just you know there there was no way that they could they could do the same thing and not outperform them you know yeah, and win yeah, good so, point. I want to follow that up with, with just a question on Nathan McKinnon. Uh, as you watched him play, uh, where does he rank in your, your uh, list of NHL players right now? I mean, good Lord, he's got everything. He's got strength. I mean, when, that little tussle he got in with uh, Fish at the end of the game, <laughs> man, oh, man. I mean, that was after playing a full game, and he looked like he was a man among boys. It's really not fair, is it? Like, it's really no. not fair. And, and I don't think he's tr – like, you know, I, when you look at McKinnon and Crosby, I feel like Crosby has to put in so much more mental effort into his game. And he has to take care of every, every – you know, it, it, he has to cross every T and dot every I. You know, and in the summertime, you can see him – he talks a lot about, uh, you know, I had to gain 1% here and I had to gain another – you know, percentage here just to elevate my game. You could see that he's put in the time and the effort. I feel like this guy is just, he's, he's just a freak. He's a freak of nature. Uh, he, yeah. he, he is so powerful. He's so strong and it looks like he's working so hard, but he's just so powerful. It doesn't, I don't think he has to work that hard. <laughs> you know, I, I think they commented today on, on the game I was watching. They said, when he gets to center ice, and Tyson maybe said this, but when he gets to center ice and gets the puck, most people will, when the puck's coming to him, they'll slow down to corral it. He corrals it and speeds up and, <laughs> and gets into no the fear. offensive zone. With, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so where do you you're, think he, he ranks in the, uh, in the guys right now that are playing in the NHL? How, how high up on your list would he be? Yeah, he's definitely in the top three. It's hard to, you know – I, I love Austin and I love McDavid, but just the sh pure strength factor of this man—it's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing to watch. And, and honestly, I think that edges those guys out. Like, no matter how many points Connor gets, or you know how, how effortless it looks for Austin, I mean, this guy just looks like he's unstoppable. 
he's just a big human that's, you know, a, he's just a freak. I don't know how else to say it. He's so strong, <laughs> you know, like, like when we do our skill sessions with some of our guys, we're like, okay, we're about to get into a weight transfer. We don't mind if you set your feet here, shift your weight right to make sure that you have enough uh, edge control and power on that right leg and then explode out. Well, this guy, like there is no stopping his feet. I don't like, and if he <laughs> sets his feet for a second, it's, I don't, you don't see it. It's like half a second, you know, I'd, lo I'd love to see that the timer on how long his feet are actually set on the ice, both feet kind of perusing on the ice. I don't think it's often while carrying the puck. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's fun watching that guy play like with the power and the strength. I think he's, he's, he's definitely in the top three and he's got something. I think he's got an edge on, on Connor McDavid, just because I feel like the long that he could push through a seven game series, maybe better than Connor could, or, you know, as the playoffs go on, I think he, he could maybe continue to keep his, his game at the, at a high pace. I don't know if you guys agree with that. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Um, yeah. Zach, I'm going to cut in with one more, if you don't mind. <laughs> no, yeah, go for it. Okay. So I, I, I'm watching uh, right now, Steve. I've got uh, St. Louis and Vancouver on in front of me because I'm a hockey junkie. Uh, I, I have problems. I it. it's, in your, it's in your veins, just like the rest of us. Once it's in your veins, you're, you're hooked. You need so, more. So – you know, at the AHL level, obviously you get these teams, AHL teams as well, and you see what they're like. But uh, talk about the Western Conference and, and maybe both the NHL and AHL and what you see in, in development. But, man, oh, man, I mean, I watch both conferences, and the West just seems to be at a different pace, a different level. Am I my eyes playing tricks on me, or is it just two styles of hockey, or – no, I, I don't disagree there at all. I, I think, you know, Zach touched on a little bit, but I feel that Columbus, if they hadn't played that fifth overtime game and had gone as long as they did against Toronto, I think that that could be a different series. I think that's a team that from the East that, that plays real hard and they shut down and they, they you know, they play a little in-your-face in kind of style. But you're right, like watching St. Louis and – the cannot like Vancouver, how good they look. They're, they're, you know, they, they look like they can't miss right now. They look like a team on the right. I don't know, you know, if it's St. Louis, how, if they're not as motivated, but Vancouver looks so strong. And then obviously we're watching uh, the avalanche or, uh, you know, go after it um, and, and how they play and the Knights. I mean, watching them play against the, the Hawks. I mean, they, they just look like a team that's just destined to win, like you like you said earlier. And, you know, the Flames, I mean, they're going to miss Kachuk, I think, obviously. He's he's their, he's their guy. But you got to love how, how the Stars are battling back and battling through, and they're giving themselves a, a good chance. And, yeah, the, the, you're right. Like, the, the West just looks a little bit stronger. And from playing those teams, and, you know, we don't play the East, um, I think it's a little bit maybe reversed. They say the East in the American Hockey League plays a pretty good brand of hockey. It's a little bit faster in your face style. And, uh, you, you know, with a little bit more uh, touch with, with the puck. And in the American League, it's a, it's a little bit more of a, you know, it could, it, it could be hit or miss how the teams are. But, 
you know, San Antonio, San, St. Louis's farm club, th those guys, when we played them, they have the ability to wear you down and they're going to, they're going to be in your face and they're going to try to get as many hits as, as they can against you. And, you know, obviously the uh, assistant coach for St. Louis was our head coach, um, Mike Van Ryan in Tucson two years ago. So we talked to them and he's, he said the body, the, the body count for hits was so high. And, and, I, and I, if I say the number, it almost feels like I'm lying. <laughs> he, he was saying it's around the 200 mark. Like, oh how many how, yeah. And, and I still, he, you know, and I'm like, was that like an, did he exaggerate? I'm like, that seems like a lot, <laughs> you know, but they were playing so physical and so hard. And, and I don't know how they merit if it's, you know, if it's just body contact or a full on hit, you know, do you have to separate the man from the puck, but 200 hits like that's Oh my goodness. What does that do to the human body? You know, like, <laughs> boy, oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, in a seven-game series, yeah. So anyway, their their club in uh, the American League, San Antonio, they played they played hard and they were in your face and you could feel it. Uh, you know, even from the bench, you could see our guys were like, Whew. <laughs> "We're gonna do everything we can to get to get to stay in the game and get out of the game." <laughs> yeah, I hear you. you know? so, so, do you think that in, in the NHL, the West is kind of the the run and gun, and in the East, it's it's an in your face? And the HL, you said it's opposite. Do you think we could see a transition later on in the years where it kind of flip-flops, where the West becomes the in-your-face and the East becomes the run-and-gun? Do you think that has a possibility of happening since the, the younger guys will be coming up? I guess it depends what happens with the, with the teams. Who wins? You know, what team, every, it's such a copycat league. I think it, it just trends to whatever team wins. I remember – when the uh, when the Kings won, everybody wanted size and strength, and you, you know you had to get that that type of team to win, you know. And then you, you look at the teams like Chicago that won. I mean, they had skill and talent and puck moving defensemen and D that were activating. And then you know teams started going with that model. Pittsburgh started winning cups like that. And anyway, it just I guess it all depends on how and who wins and how what type of style like you know st louis won last year with an in-your-face type game where there was you know they didn't rely solely on their power play a lot of teams you know there it was such a a big thing entering the playoffs who had the power play who who was going to be who's going to beat you with it and i don't think st louis had the strongest power play last year and, and they had the strongest team so you know, I guess it can it can always shift, and it's such a copycat league. It'll just keep trending in the direction of what team wins. So it kind of becomes like a boxing match at that point. So it's stylistically who's matched up better against each team. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, like and then there's certain teams like if we're looking down the down the road, and we got to be able to defend and and find ways to transition. So like. What are we going to look like? You know, we're going to look like a faster decor or bigger, stronger, faster. I guess that's always the, the combination everybody looks for. But like, we got to get through Colorado. We got to get to the playoffs. We got to get through Winnipeg. What do their teams look like? They're big, they're strong, they're fast. So, you know, we don't have necessarily the biggest team. Maybe that's something, you know, we'll need to look at to and make some adjustments, you know, and see where really what was propelling us and what was. Uh, you know, kind of holding us back. So it's the same thing, I guess, for every team. We'll see some teams need to get through teams to get to the to the Stanley Cup and kind of see how it goes. And other teams are right there and they're trying to model exactly what the Stanley Cup team 
uh, did to have their success. Gotcha. Scott, I got one more, um, but just to allude on something that we had talked about in like the, the first podcast, I think we had you on, um, Arizona is going to be moving to the conference with, with Colorado that, and Colorado was the number one team in that conference. Do you think, right. or the, the division, I'm sorry. So do you think this is a yep. perfect, perfect learning experience to, to measure up? Okay. This is the best team in this division we're going to play against. Now we know we need to improve on. Now we know where we can shut down and build. So do you think this is the perfect team to match up with right now to for the success in the future? A hundred percent, hundred percent. This is obviously the team that's going to be around for, for a long time. They've got some young talent and guys that are going to be there for a while. hundred percent, you nailed it. And you know what? Like, I think Winnipeg has got so much in there. If they're healthy and they're, you know, their goaltending is, is right, they're, they're a tough team. They're yeah. a tough team to beat. And then Chicago, you know, they finished pretty low. And the the youth that they have on their team, oh, man, they're, they're going to be a team to watch. They've got a really good blend of players in there. And, and they might surprise some teams moving forward. Their, their young talent is they're, – they're just so young that they're, they're not ready to win yet. But when that, uh, that youth grows and gains some more experience, they're going to be a tough team to watch too. Yeah, it's the toughest division for sure. Agreed. You know, and then of course you got the St. Louis Blues. When they're they're a motivated team, they're tough to play against. Well, you led me right into that one because uh, I've had a lot of people that I've heard, and a lot of people, even our hosts, have said um, they struggled a little bit watching St. Louis because they look like the and and I don't know if I can say this politically correct, but they look unmotivated, and it is. Is that kind of what we're seeing? Is it uh, an age factor? Is it uh, a hangover from winning last year? Is it the 2020, uh, whatever we want to call it? Or what have you seen from St. Louis? Yeah, you know what? I had some conversations with uh, our previous coach, Mike. And um, you know what? He was kind of alluding that it's going to be a grind in the bubble. You know, And I was just like, oh, you know, that's kind of the thing to say. And, you know, we're obviously in the – we could be playing against them and, you know, everybody, did I almost, did I lose you guys there? Uh, no, we're still here. You kind of, you know, keep that information close to your vest and you never really want to say how you're feeling or how you're doing and, or give, you know, little cues, but he, you know, he, he did allude to it to, to saying that it was going to be a mental grind. And he said, you know, it's, it's kind of frustrating with our, our team right now. And this was, you know, when they just gotten into the bubble, he's like, yeah, it's kind of frustrating our team. You know, it's, they're not, they don't seem like it's the team that we had in the past. He's like, we got to find a way to, you know, get these guys going. I was like, ah, that again is just a thing to say before entering the playoffs, you know, like it's almost like the rope-a-dope thing to say before you go in. (laughs) And, And I didn't really believe him, but it sounds like they're, you know, they're having some, some internal, uh, issues, you know, I, I don't know. And, and if you look in, in, in the history of goaltending, I mean, Billington was completely the MVP of that, of, of, of the playoffs last year. He was their, their catalyst 100%. And if you look back, it is difficult for these guys to have those types of seasons back to back goalies, you know, like they're on an Island on their, on their own. It's not like they can make a pass to somebody and regain their confidence. They're the only ones that can stop the puck, you know? And 
and it, it, it's tough for the, these guys. And he really, I think, ignited a lot of their, uh, their confidence, you know, trending from Christmas on. And they, they built and they grew around him. And I, I don't know if, you know, he's having the same type of impact he's had on, on, uh, on the Blues this year, you know. And maybe that's unfair to say. I don't, I don't really know that for sure. And I really haven't paid that close attention. But watching some of the goals and how they react and how they respond, yeah, you know, maybe it's something. I don't, I don't know. And you kind of led me into to my follow-up to that was, and I asked Zach this earlier, and I've asked uh, everybody that, that will listen to me, uh, this is such a unique uh, playoff, being in the dual bubble situations. And I've asked probably you this earlier too. Uh, as things wear on, um, is there going to be some guys that are having a tough time with it? I mean, we saw Tuka Rask leave for whatever uh, reason he felt he had to leave, but um, I would think it's difficult for the older players with families and, and wives and as opposed to the younger guys who are still really enjoying this, or is there some point in time where it evens out and, and they just go, Hey, this is our job. We're playing for a cup. It doesn't really matter. We're going to stick it out. Yeah, I, I agree with what, uh, with what Zach said, you know, I think the older guys, uh, you know, they've got the families and, you know, they'll start to miss their children or it could play the other way, really like, Hey, I've got a lot of responsibilities at home when I get there. This might be the right. best place for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want to say that too loudly. I've got three kids that I love to love, love spending, spending time with. So uh, I, I could see missing, missing my kids, but I honestly think it, it, it really, it depends on your personnel. It depends on your, on your leadership. I really feel in this situation, it's contagious. If you have guys that are just passionate about it and they just have a natural good energy aura about them, you're, you're going to, you're going to bring guys with you. If you have a leadership group, that's, you know, a little bit, Hey, I've done this before. This is kind of stupid and I can't believe this is happening. And, uh, you know, kind of brings those negative vibes, then it's going to, it's going to spread and it's going to be contagious. So it really depends on your leadership and what type of personnel you have guys that are just going to be there and love being there and, and, you know, just look at the opportunity they have rather than, you know, the situation that the world is in. Yeah. And you had, Scott had said, you know, the reason why Tuka Rass had left is kind of left is kind of unsure. Um, and earlier today I was listening to a report. I can't remember really from where, but, uh, Tuka Ross was quoted saying that it's just not a playoff hockey atmosphere because there's no fans in the stand is what he was kind of alluding to. But um, do, do, from what you've seen, do you think it's more of – it's still a brand of playoff hockey. Do you think that's still the case? Because now the argument's coming into play now from this happening is there's an asterisk. It's not the same. Uh. Yeah, that that you know, this is coming from a from a person that's not in the bubble, so it's it's really unfair to say. But like, honestly, no matter if you're playing cards or Rubik's cube or whatever it is, like the competitive edge comes out of you, and you want to yeah. win every battle, every moment. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes that kind of boils my blood a little bit. You know, like you'll play if you're playing mini sticks against your kid, you're liable to maybe take a penalty on him just because <laughs> it, might, <laughs> it might give you that little edge. Oh, sorry, son. You know, you, you, I know you felt that one, but 
sorry, I needed this. I needed it. You know what I mean? So yeah, that, that kind of, that kind of gets me irritated. And honestly, if I'm a teammate of his, that motivates me even more. I, I, I honestly, if you come from the perspective of like, Oh yeah, you're going to leave. Okay. Yeah, good. exactly. <laughs> you, yeah. you may, you might be able to come back in the locker room, but you may not be welcomed back. You know, yeah, you might, right. we might have you on our, under our contract, but <laughs> it might be a little bit different when you come in the room. And that was my next question is how, if he does decide to come back, how does, how is he received? How is he, is he received next year? Cause I look at it as it's a team, you know, and you got to kind of, if you're in this man, you're in it together. But again, it's, it's, I'm not in his situation, so I don't know, but how, how do you, how do you get your guys to rally around the person like that again? I, I really hope that it's not what we, you know, what he said in the interview. I, I really hope it's not because it's not real hockey. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I really hope it's not that way. And yeah. if there is something at home, then, you know, he did the right thing and, and Absolutely, God bless him. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. But how he's, how he gets back into the room. I mean, I, I really feel like trust can always be earned again. You know, I don't think it's it's going to last a long time, but that trust is going to have to be earned again. Like sure. you're gonna you're gonna have to come in and earn the boys' respect again, and that's the only way. I mean, it can be tra- it can be earned again, but it's it might take some time. Gotcha. And by no means am I like dogging on the guy. I don't know the situation, so if he whatever he does is best for him, good on him. Um, so I guess I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm getting down on the guy because I don't know. No, you're not. I, I, I liked what you said. You know, I, I, I think I've always had that feel from him that he's a little bit of an odd bird, you know, like he, and, and most goalies, they'll even say it, you know? <laughs> yeah. They're half a bubble off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're ha- exact. That was well said. Half a bubble off. And, and some of them will even say, yeah, I know, I know I'm pretty normal for, for a goalie. <laughs> you know? So uh, I always felt like his comments were a little bit, a little bit off, you know, and, and a little bit, but I always kind of enjoyed the confidence behind some of his comments also, which I think yeah. are important for guys. So he, he, you know, he's definitely a winner in the league and he's done some great things. And I, I just hope that this doesn't, you know, put a blemish on his, on his, on his, res, on his resume. Cause he's been an outstanding player for them. And, you know, he's a cup winner and he's done so many great things and, you know, especially I'm sure in his country, he's, he's looked as, as quite the leader. So I, I hope that uh, this doesn't hurt him. Moving for sure. Forward. Okay, so so the last one for me, and uh, if Zach's got one more, we'll let him throw it out there. But uh, the last one for me is you talked about the leadership. And, you know, I cover uh, the desert southwest, so I have Vegas and Arizona. And uh, one of the things that we've been hearing from a lot from the Vegas guys are they have a three-man crew that is leading their off-ice entertainment, whether it be card games, movie nights, uh, doing whatever. Uh, There's been video clips coming out and things like that. Um, I think that leadership is really starting to show on the ice for them in addition to their talent level and their depth, obviously. But uh, does every team have that? Or are some of the teams, you think, just kind of relying on – on themselves to get ready for games and things like that. Uh, you know what? It's it's funny that you say that. We had we had uh, that type of uh, Jay set forth that type of environment for us. He selected guys to have certain roles. So we had like 
a quote of the week. You know, somebody had to come up with a quote of the week. And then we had guys that were, you know, you have to come up with uh, some type of team activity, whatever it is. And it was, we had to get together once a month. And it could be as simple as bowling or, you know, a car game or betting on a football, having, you know, football um, uh, squares, you know, and something, just something to get uh, the guys together talking and getting to know the, each other just away from the game. And, and you know, it, it helps. It helped us. And realistically speaking, if you can eliminate the coaches from the room, you really have something. Because when, when it comes from within, there is no greater power. And, you know, I, I, Jay was really good with that uh, this season for us, just trying to eliminate the coaches, the dependence of motivation coming from us. You know, and sometimes getting the team together and getting to know each other, you're just going to you're, you're willing to fight that extra fight for the guys that you like, you know. Yeah, that's a, so, that's a really good point. And, and we've seen that from uh, from a lot of the clips I've seen coming out of the bubble in Vegas is that they, they look forward to the card game more than they do probably the next hockey game. It's like they're <laughs> they're in it to win it in everything that they do. And that's uh that that when I saw that I thought, man, oh man, we add that to the depth and their goaltending and experience and all of those things, and they're going to be a tough team to uh, to eliminate. They're a tough team. They're 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 an exciting team to watch. I I really wish we you know there was an, uh, obviously everybody heard these rumors that there might have been an opportunity to be in Vegas you know for the for the bubble, and I, I would have loved to have seen what the entertainment would have been like before the games and maybe during the games, you know <laughs> what what they would have done how fun it would have been. I mean, it's been great. They've done a great job in, in Edmonton and Toronto, but it would have been pretty cool to have, have it in Vegas. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're going to be a tough team. And you know what? The, the goaltending is just, it's amazing to me. They can put any goalie in there and, and they're, they're going to they're gonna have success. You know, you can't say that with too many teams. They rely on their guys. And if, I, I mean, I love what they did the other night. They put them in, they put uh, Fleury in and they won and, it was, you know, gives gives their their number one quote unquote a, a rest. Yep, good point. Zach, you got one more to wrap it up with Steve tonight. Yeah. Um, so because it unfortunately could be the last time that we have the Yotes playing in a game as as uh, probably be what Wednesday. Hopefully not. Hopefully they're still there and we get you on next Monday. But uh, big big thing is going to be Taylor Hall's a free agent in the upcoming season. Do you think? Um, that he feels that this is the team, this is the place to be, this is the team that he can win with. Um, how do you think he sees that in his perspective? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I I, I really don't know. I, I you know, there's a lot of you know unanswered questions right now. When when I look when we look at our team, we don't know the GM, we don't know the direction. You know, I I hope and all signs right now are leading towards Sully, and I hope that it, it goes that way. And I think. Once that position is solidified, I think that'll help him answer a lot of the questions, a lot of the unknowns. And you know what? I think when you're a player of his caliber, I mean, he's got some options where he might be able to sign a great one-year contract or two-year contract to kind of keep him, keep him going and keep him relevant. And, you know, before, a, a, you know, another team or our team steps up and gives him that long-term contract, or there's a team out there that thinks that, he's the guy and they're just going to give him everything he wants and he'll be forced to take it. I mean, you know, I think you only get one opportunity to do that, you know, in your career. So this might be his opportunity and, 
you know, we, we, we're not sure at this point if, uh, if we've got the, the dollars enough to do it or if we've got the team or if he's the right fit for us. So it'll be, I know we're going to try to do everything we can to get him, but you know, that, that remains to be seen. So if there's a team out there that, that can offer him the big dollars, I, I, it'd be, it'd be hard not to take. I mean, you know, it's not like he's the youngest guy either. And he's, you know, this is probably his last long-term contract and, He's got to do what's best for him and his family. So it'll be interesting to see what what uh, what happens. And honestly, I'm sorry I can't answer uh, better than that. But uh, yeah, oh, I, God, I, it. I thought you were his agent. You couldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I wish no. I was. I think I, I think all of us wish we were. I mean, right. <laughs> no, and that's a that's a perfect answer. I figured I'd just throw it out there to see to see what the response was. But yeah, I think something that you said too was maybe he's not. The right fit for the Coyotes long term I think that's something the fans should keep in mind when they they question it well why didn't you sign him why didn't you sign well he may not be the right fit so just trust the process you have to trust the process and, and you know what like you're you sign a player to a long-term contract with a lot of money it is the hardest thing to get I don't want to say get rid of but it's a hard asset to trade and yeah. you know you could be st- stuck with a great player that doesn't belong in the situation, yeah. you know, like it might be better to get two four million dollar players that can contribute to you know the five man attack, you know, and and Taylor's a special player, and and he, you know, he he is our best player. If you look at through the analytics and what he does, and you know the body that he has, like he's our he's our star player. He deserves money, but it's you know sometimes it's not always the right fit, you know. So For we'll sure. we'll see we'll see how it goes. We have well, to have a team team that has you know the ability to play with them also. Uh, Steve, we always appreciate your time and your uh, your insight and and your knowledge. And hopefully, we got you back again Monday because uh, games are still going on. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. I'll try to find some different shirts. Maybe find <laughs> one that works. Uh, <laughs> and and in the process, I want I want Coyotes fans to know this. And and I've put up several tweets that that yeah I'm in the media but I'm also a fan and and I enjoy watching I enjoy watching the fans get behind the team and there's a lot of excitement coming up and and you down in Tucson know it better than anyone uh Victor Soderstrom uh, Barrett Hayton I mean I could go on and on and on with the young talent that's in this system and uh we really you know we hope that this is a learning experience and they can go as far as they can but the future is bright in my estimation I'm with you. I, I love the energy. So I live in Phoenix and I, I still have to get tested uh, twice a week. And so we go to the Mayo Clinic uh, to do it. And every time, you know, now they know, now they know, they know the car and they come up, Hey, how you doing? We're, we're getting after it today. We're going to get a TV in this little thing. And then people start piling, you know, into like out of the car. I'm like, they want to talk hockey. And I'm like, that's never happened before in Arizona. As far as, you know, <clears throat> interacting with fans so that was that was pretty that was pretty cool I, you know that's a good sign to, to see their excitement you know and they're like i've never watched the game before but i'm watching them now <laughs> I, i'd like you to know. say it's got a lot to you with being on the podcast too but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i, I that's that's exactly why that's exactly why they all, right, my friend. all the time yeah. <laughs> hang in it. there uh it, it's uh, it's a tough day in coyote land but uh there will be another day and uh, we hope that they live to uh, to fight another day and keep on moving on steve uh Botvin, i appreciate your time as always 
Uh, there'll be some text messages coming. I'll send you a picture of my shirt when I decide <laughs> which the lucky one is. And uh, I, I'm still waiting for you uh, sending me a text with that garbage can in your hand. But uh. <laughs> well, I'm letting I'm letting Mrs. Potvin do that tonight. Oh. So she's she, we're 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 on different pages now. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm but I honestly think if if we're gonna do this, we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get a shirt that has a hole in it. It looks rough. It, just like that. That old bus dirty look, you know, like that. Make it, make it look mean. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back to last year's scratching and clawing, right? I'll, I'll get a shirt, I'll, I'll dirty it up, I'll tear it a couple places so it looks like I put been some clawing. blood on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you hang around me long enough, you know it doesn't take me long to get a little blood on something. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Good. All right. Thanks for joining us again, my friend. Appreciate it. Pleasure, guys. Enjoy. All right, that was Steve Botman with the uh, Tucson uh, Roadrunners and the Arizona Coyotes. We're going to take another quick break, hear from a couple of our partners, and Zach and I will be back to wrap things up on another edition of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly in two minutes. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs, I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Free game like a pro, post game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena. Stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day. College Bar and Grill. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, my co-host, as always, Zach Bondrand, down in Chandler, Arizona, as we get you through another edition of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Uh, Zach, Steve brings it every night. I mean, uh, absolutely uh, pure gold in, in his analysis of what, what's going on within the heads of coaches, players on the ice. Um, just a quick recap, your thoughts on, uh, on the job that Steve Botman does coming on with us. Yeah, no, it's it's an excellent insight as to what the the organization and how a uh, a coach thinks and in these situations. And I think it's excellent insight that uh, everyone really likes to hear. A lot of people like the uh, like the juice, <laughs> like the insight. So um, <laughs> no, I think it's it's fantastic to have him. He's always a, a great guest and welcome on anytime. Okay, so I'm watching the the end of the first period, St. Louis and. Uh, Vancouver, St. Louis up one nothing, and um, I told you, and I told everybody, I think on our staff uh, when we were doing our predictions, it looked to me like Colorado and Vegas were the two best teams in the West. I thought they would get through their series relatively quickly. Uh, sorry, Coyotes fans, it's just uh, you—you got a tough matchup. Um, 
and it appears it's going that way. I also said that the other two series appear to be dogfights, where there's going to be a real battle. We saw Matthew Kachuk go out. Um, we saw the hits that that uh, Hughes has taken and Pedersen for Vancouver. And if those two series go seven games, I think that's a distinct advantage for uh, Vegas and Colorado, especially if they end theirs early. Because uh, you're in the bubble, you can unwind, you can relax, you sit around and watch these other two teams just beat the heck out of each other. Um, that's how I see it. Your thoughts? Um, it could be an advantage. It could also be a disadvantage because it could start those guys climbing the walls because they're going a little crazy, um, little cabin fever going on. So um, it could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I, I would never, ever turn down rest after playing playoff hockey. Um, so we'll see. Um, my my biggest fear, me knowing, like, if, if it was me in that situation, um, I the coaches would probably have to tell me to slow down because I'd want them to be working out and just doing something every single day physically. So uh, we'll see. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens, and hopefully uh, everything just kind of kind of stays the status quo. Nothing nothing goes sideways for the teams. and We'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kudos again to the NHL for um, for the job that they're doing, that keeping everybody safe and, and keeping everybody interested and engaged and uh, doing everything that they possibly can. I, I, I said this back in March or uh, maybe not quite that late, uh, maybe May or so, when they were talking about restarting, I said, uh, it looks like they spent numerous hours and many sleepless nights trying to put this all together. And, boy, I don't think they could have done it any better when you look at what's happening in baseball. And even basketball hasn't been as perfect as this. So kudos to the NHL. Um, you and I will be back next week. We also got our uh, special podcast, the uh, Pandemic Playoff Podcast, which we had uh, show one last night, every Sunday night uh, for the next eight weeks until uh, – we're through the Stanley Cup, and we are through the draft, which is unusual this year. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see how that all plays out. I'll let you take it away on your read, and we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and, uh, and the Peacemakers uh, and De Niro. For sure, yeah. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Voted the Best Ford Dealer in Arizona. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you. To see the top-selling line of Ford and trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Our dining rooms, in accordance with CDC guidelines, are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. T-Mobile. See on see our Andre in Paradise Valley store and Shay and Tatum and let him show you how the power of the power of the new T-Mobile. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessierayesbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Buy summer skates. Our line of shower shoes can show off your fandom or team and unify with a custom design. Visit summerskates.com. Behind the mask, it's time to get back into hockey. For all our hockey needs, visit any of our three locations or go to behindthemask.com. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe. By ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all your ASU hockey merchandise. 
Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Find the bottle that suits your taste. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. By OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. By MDrive. Go to MDriveformen.com. Use promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. MDrive for energy, stamina, and recovery. By Iceden Scottsdale and Chandler. See our websites for ice availability. Pro Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of our Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. All right, very well done, my friend. I will uh, remind everybody, in addition to the uh, Pandemic Playoff podcast on Sunday nights, we have Professional Hockey uh, Southwest Weekly on Mondays, College Hockey Southwest Weekly on Tuesday, and Club Hockey Southwest Weekly on Wednesday. Tomorrow night, a very special guest from Arizona State University, Connor Stewart, will be with us. So you'll want to tune into that, 6.30 Pacific time on Tuesday night. And uh, Zach and I will be back with you on Sunday and Monday to talk a little more NHL hockey. So for for uh, Steve Potvin, we thank him for joining us. And Zach Mondrant and Chandler, this is Scott Strandy telling you good night from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. See you next week. <laughs>